And we're back. Welcome to No Direction, the Pathfinder News, Reviews, and Interviews podcast. I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And I'm Luis Loza. And what are we talking about this week, Luis? <laughs> we, we are looking to make some kings with this new Kingmaker adventure path that is coming out for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Such as King Margo. Wait, King that's a different Margo. show. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about Kingmaker. Uh, the... Do I want to say sensation? Do I want to say a most highly anticipated book? Because people are really excited the, about Kineticist, but still. The beloved Kingmaker beloved. returns. The <laughs> king right. has returned. The That's right. Beloved Kingmaker. Um, so the first Kingmaker uh, Adventure Path came out for first edition. I want to say like 2010. Yeah, I think it was I beginning believe. of 2010. January, February, March. Uh, I was a venture captain at the time, and I got those books for free. Um, so <laughs> they popped into my downloads. Um, I actually March 2010 for the very first volume. March, okay, March 2010, okay. I got them early. Uh, so what I was going to ask you is, have you ever played Kingmaker? So when I first started getting into Pathfinder with my home group, uh, we decided, okay, we want to try out this Pathfinder thing. We'd been playing fourth edition D&D for a while. I was like, oh, let's try out Pathfinder. That sounds like a fun game. It seems like 3.5. We know that well. All right. Uh, this is Pathfinder. All right. We buy the core rule book and they come out with adventures. Let's look into whatever adventure is coming out right now. You know, we, they have these these full campaigns. We'll, we'll buy that and that will start playing. And through some unfortunate internet searching i ended up buying legacy of fire <laughs> instead even though kingmaker was coming out at the time mm -hmm. uh so our first campaign was legacy of fire but luckily we were done with that very quickly and then we got into oh hey i've been buying these pathfinder books for several months now and i have this full ap let's try out this kingmaker thing so that was cool. uh, our second campaign that we ever played and the one i didn't have to gm so i got to play through kingmaker and we went through all six parts of that campaign we, we played really all of it yeah uh so yeah i've played kingmaker all the way through on the tabletop uh legit that's awesome well, legit as you know any campaign can be because you well, know sure. GMs change things and stuff but yeah I, i've done it oh, speaking was, of gms uh, changing things i did play kingmaker when it came out kind of i, I played kingmaker asterisk that's what we called the group when we got together we used the kingdom mm -hmm. building rules uh to a like rules lawyerly extent where we were far too hampered by all of the minutiae of, of running a kingdom and probably tanked the game. But the GM at the time uh, took the Kingmaker campaign and like used the bones of it. But so many things were changed. There were just so many things that were like, I don't know. I don't like this encounter. I don't like this plot point and would just change stuff. Um, in fact, they recognized as uh, we will later talk about Owlcat, Owlcat games recognized that the beginning is a little bit soft, right? It doesn't get mm -hmm. you right into it. And so like this GM changed the entire beginning. And so 
I remember like like looking at uh, the Alcat property when it first came out and playing it and thinking, I don't recognize almost any of this because it is so incredibly different from the Kingmaker I played <laughs> up until level, I don't know, six or seven or something. So. Did you end up going, you said only about seventh level? Yeah, we that. played for a while. And it was one of those things where, you know, campaigns fall apart uh, and it didn't continue. But um, but oh, still, yeah. so so that was what I thought Kingmaker was. And I was astounded when I played the video game and was like, this, this, this is very different. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the video game did also add uh, a little introduction tutorial bit mm -hmm. to the game as well um, to kind of yeah. set up the story a little better. You know, they had, what, six, seven years uh, of uh, feedback to base, base things off of to improve the game. And then, mm -hmm. you know, Paisa went and turned around and grabbed whatever... Um, Owlcat learned and improved on that. And that's where we got this kind of final, I don't know if it's a definitive edition, Who, who's to say, you know, maybe 20 years from now, they put out uh, Pathfinder again for fifth edition right. Pathfinder rules. <laughs> right. uh, or Kingmaker for, for whatever editions out then. But, you know, for now, yeah. it's a definitive edition uh, so of Kingmaker. What's interesting. All right. So, so following the path, once again, going back to following the path of Kingmaker, Mm -hmm. uh, it was originally released in 2010, beloved by all sorts of people who have like very happy adventure paths, you know, very happy memories yeah. playing it. Uh, I remember even uh, the network's own Ryan Costello talking about playing a time thief in their mm -hmm. Kingmaker game, uh, home game, and just having a blast. So it became so popular that it was Owlcat's, uh, I don't know if it was their first choice. I wasn't in the negotiation room, but uh, <laughs> it was the first Owlcat pathfinder official product that they released um and it was kickstarted back in 2017 so seven years it was june through to july seven years after releasing this adventure path they're like this is the one we're doing for the computer which is pretty cool yeah and was wildly successful so they asked for half a million got 900 uh, a little over 900,000, so almost 200 uh, of their goal and 18,000 people plus uh backed it so very popular yep and then because the game was so popular, this is just like so cool. It's like everyone loves the story, right? Mm -hmm. Because the game was so popular, uh, two years later in 2019, they're like, I know, we'll do it for second edition. And got even more backers in the video game, but almost 3,000 backers and half a million dollars raised, a little over, to make the Kingmaker 10th, 10th anniversary edition in second edition uh basically utilizing a strong partner in legendary games uh, which is a yeah. big third-party publisher for pathfinder uh to create the bones essentially of this kingmaker adventure path for second edition yeah and uh, i know a lot of people were questioning oh is this official paizo you know does it have the, the seal of quality on it because sure. legendary started things or made it i mean right. it, it ended up still going through the, the same development process and editing process that that all the other paizo products go through is just that you know, if you think about the other Paizo products, we hire freelance authors to write a lot of it, and then it comes in house, and then we finish things up. That's you can kind of see uh, Legendary as kind of like a studio that did a lot of that writing, a lot of that work sure. in advance, and then yes. Paizo. I like that you used so the word studio actually. Yeah. So we were talking about video games a second ago, and how a lot of video games work is you have your publishers, right? Where mm -hmm. in video game terms, that's like your big advertising company, and they're the big business draw. And then they'll hire studios to actually do like the nitty gritty work, right? And that's mm -hmm. exactly the sort of relationship I think they had. So even though Legendary Games is a third party publisher for Pathfinder Materials, they are a second party when it comes to the, the Kingmaker because Paizo yes. went to them and was like, hey, 
please do all the legwork on this and then give us that product. And then Paizo Publishing goes through and goes it goes through the edit passes and development and all the different passes mm -hmm. it needs to go through, layout. And so what you end up with is a really beautiful product that still has that that Paizo quality and seal of approval, still has that Paizo feel to it when you look through yeah. the book. Yeah, definitely. And what a book it is. It's oh almost God. as big as the core rule book. My PDF, I don't have the, the rule book or the, the adventure in hand just yet because I haven't picked it up from the office, but uh, it's clocking in at 642 pages in the PDF. 642 pages in the PDF. Uh, if you don't yeah. include some of the handouts and stuff in the back, the highest numbered page is 627. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, there's a decent number of pages in the back that are like, Literally the exploration maps in full color, uh, your, you know, kingdom character sheet and an urban grid sheet that we'd use to put all the stuff down, plus full color pictures for all the different buildings mm -hmm. you might have. So like those are, are still useful bits, but yeah, yeah, 300, 640 pages. Um, and it comes with this companion guide, which is like a new revolutionary idea for what they're doing in the tabletop. At least, at least Paizo hasn't done anything like this mm -hmm. before. And that, that PDF is clocking at 130 pages. So it's about 770 pages worth of stuff. Yeah. So you get, if you're getting just those two, you're basically getting a core rule book size book and a Lost Omen size book just for this adventure path. Just yes. all this content that probably you're kind of set, depending on how long you play, Kingmaker can take a while. You might be set through the rest of second edition's life. Yeah, well, like I said, when we played, we got to sixth or seventh level, even though we were playing a modified version. And I mm -hmm. think it took us a year to get to seventh level. Now we yeah. got into the weeds on all the kingdom stuff, like full on role playing every scenario. And like, I was like, Oh, that was an hour of role play uh, with like, Oh, so it's a festival for this thing. And you could just be like, it's a festival and you did it. Cool. Checkbox. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. But we would spend an hour, two hours role playing a festival. Cause why wouldn't yeah. you? Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, you can get in depth. So uh, I guess we should maybe start by telling people, you know, if, if you've never heard of Kingmaker before, what, what is Kingmaker? Oh, geez. <laughs> Why don't we talk about it? We said Kingmaker <laughs> a million times. We didn't talk about what it is. What we is Kingmaker? We haven't said what it is. Uh, well, <laughs> Kingmaker was, like we mentioned, uh, an adventure path for first edition rules. Uh, the, the very second adventure path ever released with Pathfinder RPG, uh, right after Council of Thieves. And I think this is really when a lot of people felt that Pathfinder came into its own. Uh, you know, the rules had been out for a little bit. The authors were writing with the full rules at that point. And it also was doing something both classic and also brand new. Hexploration, hex crawls are a real classic thing in RPGs, uh, fantasy RPGs. It's just lots of examples of, of those kind of adventures. And this sure. is the first time a Pathfinder AP had ever delved into that. But also it was doing something really cool, which is, you know, you're, you're given the keys to a kingdom you get to build this up and make it your own not only right. are you going out and exploring the wilderness and finding all the different stuff that comes with it but you eventually as the title suggests you you're making a kingdom uh and, and getting to expand on that and defend it from the, the dangers of, of the area the, the 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 river kingdoms uh and eventually delving into a, a lot of a lot of pretty uh, interesting things. I don't want to spoil any of the, the story because now people are getting into it's over. It's 10 years old, but now people are getting into it for the first time. So I think right. that the, the uh, spoiler uh, time frame has reset now, which is interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a big adventure path. It would normally run you through about 17th level, uh, a lot of exploration, a lot of 
kingdom management, a lot of intrigue, and a lot of just uh, taking things in your own direction. It, it was giving you a lot of freedom to play how you wanted. That's right. Um, so yeah, you got to like the typical end of a six book adventure path for first edition, which is about set six, uh, like 16, 17, 18th level. Um, the second edition one, though, because we have this new like added on intro, right, kind of mm -hmm. bumping things up and they fleshed out the ending a little bit. Now, I don't know what the ending is, but I hear that if you have played it, sometimes the ending is like, wait, what was happening? And they've they've done, I think, um, from what I hear, a better job of integrating sort of the meta plot throughout. Mm -hmm. So that way it's more ever present and rather than just little hints and all of a sudden gotchas at the end. So that's good. But between those two things and the format the second edition uses, we're now all the way up from levels one to 20 for the entire adventure path. It is a yeah. big, mega, epic adventure path. And I, I now I, I don't want to be completely spoiled. So I didn't look at the actual encounters and stuff, but I was looking mm -hmm. at the creature levels and it's like, oh, it's a 23rd level creature. It's 24th level creature at the end. Oof. Um, yeah. So you you do get up into that big end game epic play at the end, which is pretty cool. So I know it incorporates a lot of content from I, I mean obviously the video game was already incorporating a lot of the original yes. adventures content so it's not <laughs> like it's but it, it added a lot of stuff uh, added that intro I mentioned it added an expanded ending added a bunch of side quests so that's all part of this and then uh Paisa went above and beyond and added even more stuff so even if you've played the video game all the way through if you manage to read <laughs> this or play through this there's still new content for you to find oh my gosh and the the introduction for for the book even suggests if you manage to go through every single thing you're going to hit 20th level before the end of the campaign like you you'll probably hit 20th level uh, maybe through the fifth book hmm. if you will of, of the ap or, or partway through the sixth book. Way, just, way yeah way earlier because there's just so much content packed into it now well that's the thing about exploration and this adventure in particular when we talk about adventure paths, there's like one extreme, which is like on the rails, which I will fully say like Punks in a Powder Keg, the first book of Outlaws of and Stars, you are on the rails. It is a ride, yeah. right? You're, you're, you're strapped in for this wild ride and you are going from point A to B to C to D and it just keeps on taking you there. Um, other adventure paths are like, oh, well, this is sandboxy. And often with those ones, they're like, okay, at this point you can go to A or B or C and even though you have a choice of where to go, you'll probably end up going to all three of those things. Maybe yeah. you'll only go to two of those three things and then you'll move on. But like, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to explore most of this adventure. With something like Kingmaker, because it is so open-ended, you have two things happening. One, it's exploration. You can literally go to any hex you want to on the map. Like there might be certain, I don't know, geological or political features that say, hey, here's a border here. Maybe don't go past this. Mm-hmm. But it's a tabletop RPG. If you really want to, you can. And there might be some really dangerous things. In fact, I remember even just playing the video game. Sometimes you run into stuff that is way too powerful for you and you have to run, which doesn't happen as much on the on the rails game. You know that every encounter is going to be balanced to your, your supposed character level. So you're probably fine. But with something like this, you really have to be cautious about where you go and where you explore. But that also means that with all those hexes on the map, you don't know that someone's going to uncover every stone and, and climb every mountain, uh, ford every stream. Wait, oh, we're getting the sound of music. Um, <laughs> but if, like you said, if they do, like, you know, there's so much content in here, you will be far ahead of the level that they expect you to because it's probably expected to like, oh, you're going to explore a little bit and then keep moving on with the plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All and right. the story, from what I recall, did a good job about making sure that there were obvious points where like oh you've been called back to your kingdom you can't just be out exploring forever you know there are things to do you have to 
manage yeah. your people there might be an attack on your kingdom or things other events going on that will call you back and tend to do a good job about keeping you from going out and exploring and basically grinding up way too much by just killing you know every single <laughs> shambling mound out in the, the river kingdoms until you hit 20th level uh, but yeah there, there's there's a lot you can do and i think that's part of the reason it did so well is just that freedom that a lot of people enjoy everyone is going through the same story but how you reach those you know different story beats and and how you go about uh, a lot of different things is different to to everyone if you're going through a dungeon for example everyone's usually going to hit the same rooms probably in the same order but ultimately you're going to reach the same final boss but here the dungeon is the wilderness all that you've been told is the final boss is over there get there whenever you want to take your time, go, go about it however you want. And some people go a straight line. Some people will zigzag around. Some people will wrap all the way around and come back around the, uh, from the back. Uh, it, it's yeah. just that freedom is great. That freedom is great. And the other thing I wanted to point out in this edition that is surprising and also shows that it definitely had Paizo's touch on it is mm -hmm. the detail it goes into for things even as simple as character creation. So yeah. in the character creation chapter, I'm going to flash this on the screen because it's not too big of a spoiler. Um, not only is it talking about ancestry backgrounds and such, but when it goes into classes, it lists things as new as the psychic and the thaumaturge mm -hmm. just to be like, hey, you may have just picked this up and are getting one of those, you know, brand new classes and how it works into this campaign. So I think that that really shows the the foresight and the planning and the effort that Paizo's put into all this to make sure that it matches and goes along with what they have. Um, one thing I did find interesting as a kineticist lover is there's no kineticist listed there. And there, if you played the video game, there are notably kineticist characters and it is interesting how they dealt with them. So we'll put a pin in that and we'll get back to it. <laughs> but just just remind me to talk about that when we get there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, while we have the book open, we want to show off a little bit of, of the inside stuff going on. There's there's so yes. much new art. If you've played the, the original Kingmaker AP, there's going to be a lot of familiar art you're going to see. You know, a lot of uh, it's the same hex map, for example. And mm -hmm. they didn't give a, a makeover to the, the stolen lands or anything, because why would you need to? That map worked great the first time. There's a lot of new maps. A lot of it is the new characters, but sometimes there's, you know, just updates to kind of more match the house style that Paizo has fostered yeah. over the years. Well, um, and the, also yeah. I love all the new Amiri art. So Amiri yes. <laughs> is an iconic that shows up in the Pathfinder video game, which is exciting. Uh, but you really get a chance to like know her and befriend her and get a lot of her backstory, which is fantastic. Well, they've updated the the tabletop game or the tabletop book with a ton of new Amiri art that I am just in love with. Here's Amiri beating someone over the head with a chair like you do. And <laughs> there is a ton of really great Amiri art in this thing, as well as the other NPCs who maybe we've seen before, but are definitely updated to the specific style for second edition, which is fantastic. And I wish we could show some of these, but these are spoilers, and I think we want to save people this. But for example, page seven has this night. The, the, the big thing I want to talk about is the, the benefit of hindsight and the fact that this book is one complete tome rather than six separate volumes. Mm -hmm. It makes organization uh, a really interesting thing, really useful now compared to how it was before. If you yeah. played the original AP, your adventure would only tell you about 20 to 40 hexes worth of what was available right then and there. That was kind of what was expected to be played with uh, in that given adventure. And you'd see more hexes as you went along. You'd have to have all the books to get the entire layout uh, 
the the area for the AP. But here, because they're all com connected in, in or compiled into one book, they can do things like give you this big chart that tells you like, all right, here's where we expect you to be by this level and this level. And here's kind of like the different chapters, if you will, of the story. And later on, there's also an entire chapter that's just every single hex in the entire AP is presented under chapter uh, two. And that is also broken down into different sections. It says, you know, you're probably going to start here. And this section is right around your level one area. This section is right around level two <laughs> and three and four and kind of gives mm -hmm. you an idea of where you can kind of guide the players if you want to, you know, if you want to yeah. let them go off into the level 18 area uh, at second level, go for it. But it gives you kind of a, an idea sure. uh, to a, a flow for the adventure flow, right, yeah. to, to, far, to exactly. follow uh, exactly. and really helps out so you don't have to flip between six different volumes you can just do it within the, the one book i am so impressed by the uh that chart you mentioned i'm going to show it on screen if you're planning on playing this and don't want to be spoiled just don't look at it or like unfocus your eyes so you can see the majesty of this chart without getting any detailed information mm -hmm. But this is that story milestones thing that tells you what level you should be for different parts and what chapter or what part of each chapter you're in. And I think that is just so cool to, like you said, to lay it all out like that because it is in one giant book. And actually, this is an interesting thing. So I want to talk to you about this. Yeah. We have had like Rise of the Rune Lords compiled edition, Curse of the Crimson Thrones compiled edition. We have now Kingmaker and we've announced... Vaults. Yes, Abomination Vaults also has a comp compilation. I should definitely know about that for reasons. Um, it was announced that future adventure paths might also just be released all at once, specifically for Starfinder. Yeah. But that was talked about uh, back at, at Gen Con. I know they talked about mm -hmm. a, bit, a bit about that. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Do you think this is like the new shiny? Do you think this might be the new way to go? I don't know. Um, this is getting into insider baseball. Insider baseball. Well, just separate your Paizo hat yeah, from yeah, your No yeah. Direction hat for a just, second. Just know, hey, Do you, Luis Loza, as a fan, <laughs> think this is a, a way that this um, might go? So what I knew as a fan for a long time is that the Pathfinder Adventure Pass were the flagship product. That is yeah. a regular income. Every month, X amount of APs are being sold, and that means Paizo can figure out their finances based on that. Mm -hmm. right? We have the subscribers. Obviously, the numbers fluctuate. There's not. It's not always like there's always 10,000 AP subscribers every month. Right. right. Also, if that happened, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> 10,000 of you listening out there, please go subscribe to the APs so I can <laughs> help you more Lost Omens books. Um, but the thing is, I, I still think that is probably the case from an outsider's perspective. You know, that's always what they're pushing is the adventure pass. Obviously, the core, or the rule books sell well, the Lost Omens books sell well, but you have to wait three, four months between books on that and this regular income. It, is an important thing uh i i think it would be i think we uh from an outside perspective based on the, the trend that's going on we have kingmaker we have abomination balls ruby phoenix has already uh, been announced phoenix yep it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's likely that what'll happen is you'll see more compilations okay more regularly but mm. based on what i understand of ruby phoenix uh it is not the way that the uh, Kingmaker or Rise of the Rune Lords or whatever was where it's taking this, updating it. It's not a remaster, if you will, in video game terms. It's just a re-release. Um, uh, yeah. It's just a compilation. It's, hey, there were three books. We sure. put them all into one hardcover, then they fit. You know, obviously we changed the page numbers where it says, look on page 14. You know, now it looks whatever. But everything else is the exact same. There, there hasn't been a, 
uh, or, you know, or very minor, like they obviously fix very obvious errors, but like <laughs> it's not a, a, an extra coat of paint or sure. a new polish job on it. It's just compilation for, for that. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm sure there's yeah. still likely to be an opportunity for things like Kingmaker, Rise of the Rune Lords, where there are like ones that are given a lot of love, not to say that Ruby mm. Phoenix isn't going to get love. It's just, sure. you know, it, it, it's it's a different type of product. And I yeah, think and Abomination those... Vaults is the same. It was like, hey, maybe they fixed a you know spelling error or something. I know there was one part yeah. where like the same uh, named dagger was given out on like, you know, book one and book two, like the end of book mm -hmm. one and beginning of book two. And it was like, oh, this is a good level appropriate item and it was given out twice. And so yeah. things like that got fixed in the compilation. Um, but it was really minor tweaks. And mm -hmm. at the same time, we have stuff like, and I'm, I'm going to talk Starfinder a moment. We have the Shattered Stars uh, meta plot that happened Scoured in Star Stars. Scoured Stars, excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> Scoured Stars that happen in, my brain is just like, not, not, not picking no, it up today. The Pathfinder. Yes. Starfinder makes it happen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So Scoured Stars was a big meta plot for season one of Starfinder Society that was so popular that they are bringing it back as as recompiled as an adventure path, mm -hmm. which I find extremely interesting. And, yeah. and I'm sure that has a lot of extra connective tissue getting added in because oh, yes. of the nature of, of Starfinder Society. Right. You don't have these little episodic things where various levels are hitting various plots and you're, you know, ping ponging in high level and low level content while the plot turns on, you have to, you have to make some adjustments. So I'm sure that's getting that, uh, what did you call it? remaster like a video game? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and obviously Kingmaker did, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm seeing a trend as an outsider who doesn't work for Paizo and doesn't have insider knowledge of this. Um, I am seeing a trend on these compilations becoming increasingly more popular. And I recall seeing a big, a big positive fan feedback when that was announced at Gen Con that that was a thing that they they might do um, and and people are always really excited about it. So I don't know if that's yeah. the future, I, but sure looks I, good. I, it's hard to say because I know Paizo stands for a long time was yeah. uh, that you know promising a compilation you know a year or two after an AP would have a lot of people. It, it's the same thing with comic books is yeah. you run into hey there's going to be a trade paperback why would I buy this run of a comic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think, and the fact that they've only done two for second edition at this point when they've had five, six APs sure. tells you that like, you can't assume that every you can't assume they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause it would feel like the obvious thing would have been age of ashes, right? That was the first AP that probably sold out, but it right. wasn't, it was abomination vaults. Yeah. Uh, obviously that's shorter. So maybe that's part of the factor, but yeah, it, that's true it's, the two it's, they've it's decided not... to do are both three book adventure paths into a compilation instead of six so, that yeah, make so sense. it's not a guarantee that every three-parter or every ap is going to happen so i think one of those just if we feel that it did well or is a strong contender for it it'll happen but don't necessarily count on everyone uh and sure. i think there's also like the aspect like a lot of people are only getting into second edition within the last year and missed out on some of these so, you know, having these kind of evergreen books every once in a while, like, well, I missed out on some of these APs, but at least Abomination Vaults is there and I can just buy it right off the shelf and start playing. Yep. Uh, it's kind of nice. So getting back to Kingmaker, um, one of the other things that this Adventure Path release does that Paizo certainly hasn't done before mm -hmm. is the Companion Guide. And yes. the Companion Guide is something that is very much like inspired from from its roots in the video game where 
you know, when you're playing around a table, you've got you and your four friends as players, right? You and your three or four friends, depending if you're a player or not. Um, and you've got, you know, four plus people as players playing the main characters. They're the in the Kingmaker fashion. They're the main legal court, right? They're going to do all the, the legal jobs in Kingmaker. Mm-hmm. But for a video game, you don't have that. You have your one main character that you made. And then you pick up these NPC companions along the way to fill out your ranks, fill out your party. And so because of that, they they kind of retranslated that idea back into the tabletop with the companion guide. And this is interesting. Um, yeah. it, it features sort of fleshed out companions. Um, it, it, I think it features every companion in the game, but not all of them are given the same amount of uh, mm-hmm. page count partially because that part of that was you know stretch goals for for the crowdfunding right the sure. more money they made, <laughs> the more they could put in so they right. only had enough for for so many but yeah there, there's all of them show up they just may not be as in-depth as you know let's say amiri for example who has got a lot going on. <laughs> yes amiri is extensive uh so it seemed to me that most of the like good aligned companions because if you've played the video game you know there's sort of like a set of companions that are the good aligned companions Mm -hmm. and a set of companions that are sort of the evil aligned companions and they mostly focus on the good aligned companions for obvious reasons and what's really cool is so they'll give you their stats at first level in like an npc stat block format that is interestingly expanded because these are player characters or you know theoretically might be flushed out as ones mm-hmm. and they have a ton more items than you'd usually see. Um, you can see not just their like stat bonuses, but you see the actual stats. It tells you their background. It lists all the feats they have. It's, it's, it's for me as a, like a, a, a designer, an interesting way to look at, Oh, that's how you would do a PC stat block in an NPC format mm-hmm. if you wanted to, which is cool. Yeah. And then of course there's all these extra goodies that come with them uh, like new feats, uh, for example, hanging out with Amiri, you can learn some some skill feats. Um, Say uh, that with, again. <laughs> as as you go adventuring with her, which gives you <laughs> uh, as a GM an opportunity to use them, even if you didn't necessarily need to flesh out the the ranks of the PC party, right? You know, if you had three players, maybe throwing in Amiri as your fourth player would be helpful. But if you already have a full party, mm-hmm. maybe including Amiri as an NPC that they meet every once in a while, or as a, a member of their kingdom. Uh, gives gives them some rewards and you know there's uh, stuff that ties into the camping subsystem that's also part of this mm-hmm. and there's even an entire adventure uh, tied to to Amiri so there's just a lot of stuff you can do which yeah. is ar- just adding more to the already you know packed to the brim adventure path itself uh, that's right yeah, Amiri who is too angry to die by the way say that again and too angry to die are two different feats that appear in here and they're both reaction feats and they're amazing so I'll I'll let you get the companion guide and go look at it uh, or go find it uh, on archives of Nethys or something um, but they're they're really funny I I personally really enjoy uh, feats especially reaction feats that allow you to shout something out at the table that is appropriate for the moment and also happens to be the feat name <laughs> <laughs> it's like my favorite it's been my favorite since go get them in starfinder it's like yes yeah. i want to say that every time yeah so um i think it's six or six or so the the companions are, are have that full flesh out like mm-hmm. have a bunch of uh new options and have an adventure and stuff uh, yeah and rest... like a loyalty adventure it's so cool mm-hmm. yeah for fans of mass effect 2 i think you'd understand what that means uh, actually, it actually looks to be even <laughs> eight or close to 10 of them but uh 
and the rest, you know, have a, a brief write-up, also have some new rules. Uh, and some of these are the two that you mentioned to put a pin in. Uh, our two, uh, our twin kineticists. What, what, what did, what did you want to uh, okay. bring up uh, about them? Yes, I'm, I'm scrolling quickly to get to them so I don't mispronounce their names. But our twin kineticists, uh, as you, as I have mentioned, the kineticists didn't exist when this was being put together. Not even in, in playtest form. Mm -hmm. And even if it was in playtest form, it would be outdated by the time it was published. So, what do you do? Well, they took the standard line of, of saying, eh, just make elemental sorcerers, which. Sure, like that's what Paizo has officially said for a long time is people are clamoring for an official kineticist and they're like, just make an elemental sorcerer. It's literally the same thing, right? Um, which I find hilarious. I, th this is just, I just find this funny. When the actual kineticist playtest is a, is a martial class. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funny. Uh, I am really curious to see, and maybe someone will do this for Infinite, uh, when the official kineticist rules come out, building... Uh, these two characters, whose names are Kalike and Kanara, uh, building Kalike and Kanara as full-on official kineticist stats, martial characters, um, rather than sorcerers. So that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, but we do get some fun stuff because of this decision. Uh, we get two new spells, one called Aqueous Blast and one called Scorching Blast. And they're both rare. And interestingly enough, they're both single action spells. And the reason is because all the spell does is give you the ability to spend an action to make the attack and do damage. Mm -hmm. So it turns into like almost like a variable action spell. So you've got your cast. And then yeah. if you wanted to spend all your actions, you could do two blasts. Or if you just want to do one, you do one blast. So it's kind of like a two or three action spell. Because even though technically it's one, eh, you can't do anything. You're like, I made a spell. Done. <laughs> It's a spell that just turns on kineticist mode for a round. For a round, yeah. But it's a level yeah. one spell is the other interesting thing. Uh, and it does get heightened. So because it's not a cantrip, you can't... Do this forever. You can't do it forever, right? And like but, you'd have I to mean, have different if levels. If you're a primal sorcerer, you can always rely on Produce Flame to kind of replicate you know, stuff like that. For, True. for most times, it's just when you... You know, think about it like gathering energy in 1E with the kineticist. You spend one action to gather energy, and now you can do the more powerful blasts. Yeah, all right. But you're still going to run out of them today, and the kineticist doesn't run out. But yeah, still, yeah. I, I, mean, I just found that a really interesting. Well, the thing is, their kineticists, the, these spells are them teaching you how to approximate what they can do. It's not even... That's true. So it, it's it's not an exact, si or exact translation of like, you right. can do exactly what we can do. It's just, oh, this gets you close. Like, well, Maybe this is we kind of what I do, and then you can get your magic to fake it. Okay, you yeah. know, given that answer, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still want to see someone come up uh, with a really good kinesis build for them uh, on Infinite. That'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see that. Looks like I'm a paper ninja in chat noted that's now put on the bounty board of, I'm sure, the dozens of different things we said. Oh, I'd love to see that on Infinite uh, yes. on the show. Uh, so after these companions, <laughs> I think is what I, I feels like a lot of people have been really excited uh, not because you know, people know the adventure path already, but this is new material, uh, is the camping subsystem, which is a thing that was originally introduced in the video game. Uh, this is a great time in the video game to sit down, chat with your companions, you know, get a chance to, to meet them, but also uh, prepare yourself for the occasional random encounter that happens while you're, you're camping out at night or uh, use the items that you've gathered in the game to create recipes to give you buffs as you continue adventuring. And this does its best to 
replicate a lot of that. And I think it's a really interesting subsystem. Yeah, it's it's cool because like at least the games I've played, because it's not really mm-hmm. fleshed out what you do, it's sort of like, do you have watches? Who's on first watch? And maybe you get attacked by something in the middle of the night, but it's so rare that oftentimes people forget about it and they're like, I don't know, we're just going to camp and we'll go back into the dungeon tomorrow, whatever. Uh, yeah. This really adds some flavor. And even though there are a lot of mechanics in here with like, well, what are the activities and what are you doing? One, it makes 100% sense for this specific adventure path because you are in the wild lands, the untamed wild where civilization has not existed uh, as we know it because uh, there are still kobolds who live there and there are still fae who live there and stuff. Um, but, you know, you're coming in and carving out some civilization. Uh, so because of that, like, it's pretty dangerous area. So it makes sense that you would focus on keeping watch because you might get eaten in the middle of the night if you don't. But the other thing it does is really give you some like fantastic opportunities while you're playing these mechanics to do some role play through um, the cooking subsystem that they created with uh, buffs and things. There's different like camping. Everyone has like a different job for the, the camp. So yeah. It, it becomes this, its own like not, ex, you know, shrunken down version, but kind of like it gives you the kind of similar feel of that kingdom building thing with like, oh, I got to do this camping management thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you want to play with that, that's great. I'm sure some, some players are like, Oh, I don't want to be doing this every single night, but yeah. it's one of those fun systems that like, it's not, I mean, it works amazingly for Kingmaker because that's what it was designed for, but also <laughs> you can start doing this with, this would be perfect for a quest for the frozen flame. You're, you're traveling mm-hmm. out uh, in the wilds as well. This would be another perfect thing for that. Um, or, you know, I think. I think of other APs that might work for that. Uh, it's, I mean, Strength of Thousands, you're out in the, the wilderness for a while sometimes too. So th- there's, pluck this and, and use this for other campaigns. Uh, I, I even think like you were saying, like in Kingmaker, you're going to be like resting on the regular, right? So you might mm-hmm. not want to do it all the time, but sometimes you do. And I actually find that to be really interesting because yeah, it might get burdensome if you do it every long rest. But if you want to do it sometimes, this works mm-hmm. great for... Um, those times where you're like, oh, we're doing an urban campaign, but maybe we're going to venture out into the wilds to go see this ancient tower. And that's going to be like, you know, two days hike away. And then we're going to do the ancient tower and two days hike back. Well, that means you have a day of rest in the middle of nowhere. And that's a great time to just whip out the subsystem. And you don't have to go in as much depth, like worry about like, well, what recipes have you gotten? You can literally just be like, you're going to cook a meal. And you're like, well, what are you going to cook? And they'll explain, I brought some you know, beans that we're going to boil. And I've got this, you know, I don't know, elk that we ha- we hunted or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then you can like figure out what one of the meals is close enough. And like, yeah. you know, you can play with it, but you can make that, that night out special because you usually don't get that. Like usually if you're playing an urban adventure, you're like, well, it's time to go to sleep. Everyone's going home. Meet back here at the, you know, for breakfast tomorrow morning. So Yeah. And I mean, when you get a chance to play with these buffs, they, some of them can do quite a bit of stuff for example there's uh, a particular rare meal that you can hook at it's a level 16 meal oh, everything has a level in, in pathfinder but on a crit success when you succeed on, on uh, making this meal and everyone has it you get immunity to diseases and poisons of 15th level or lower that's a heck of a meal i don't know what you put in there but <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously <very> <laughs> Um, also yeah, I, I there's think... this amazing art of Amiri I just have to show off of her telling uh, a story about the campfire yes. 
Which is more, one of the more, things you could do. Yeah, more Amiri art than you can shake a stick at, I think. <laughs> AP. I don't know. I'm going to go get a stick. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, and, and finally, the last uh, little bit of the, the companion guide is uh, another subsystem. It's a weather subsystem that includes things like you know, random torrential rainstorms or wildfires and tornadoes and stuff like that. It's just another fun little thing that, again, can enhance the feeling of being out in the wilderness, but it's not a mandatory thing it's 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 just an extra fun subsystem that i think a lot of people will have fun with and another boundary to put on the board i'd love to see this expanded to include more uh climate types right? mm -hmm. you know we want blizzards and heat waves in the desert and stuff like that uh if you look at the lost omens travel guide there is a, a big map that has all the different climate types it'd be fun to be able to account for all those types there who knows maybe who infinite knows? Will, will will have something like that soon um but i think the other big thing i want so there's so many things that came with kingmaker if you if you got the uh crowdfunding uh project and got all these pdfs or the the full suite you have a kingdom tracker which is just like a a, a bunch of different it's a stat block for all your kingdom management mm -hmm. right it, it's this character sheet and all this other stuff um there's the poster mass which has all the different uh hex maps um there's the interactive maps of course which always come with the the ap's which is just, just the different uh, maps from the encounters and stuff uh the kingdom management kingdom tracker there's a whole gm screen that's just all the king's kingdom kingmaker stuff but the other big <laughs> thing i think was uh really notable are the two bestiaries for the ap mm. which are if you're playing through the adventure path and reading through this, it just points you to the existing two, you know, hey, this monster in Bestiary 2, right? Or whatever, just like all the other APs. But if you wanted to, you could play through Kingmaker with first edition Pathfinder rules, which makes sense. You know, that's what it was originally published for. Uh, and it's extra new content. Or you can play in fifth edition D&D. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> uh, these, these Bestiaries have every single stat block that shows up in the AP converted over to your game of choice which is a lot uh if you are playing 5e D D and you don't ever want to play kingmaker you might still want to get this best here because that's just a lot of free monsters there's <laughs> a true. lot of monsters to use. to use um and in addition to that it has the companions stat blocks from the companion guide it has all the hazards you know traps and stuff that you run into it doesn't tell you treasure unfortunately and it doesn't uh, give mm. you uh the new dcs for your respective game but it does like 85 percent of the load lifting for you That's so true. you as a gm can c cover the rest and i think the intros for both of these best years are also particularly helpful uh as just general guidance for conversion from 2e if you want to keep playing uh 2e ap's but in your first edition rules this has a a, a bit of information on how to adjust things and and uh, make use of, of um, some of the, the 2e uh, formatting and structure and, and and rules and port it back over to 1e so it, it's a, a good kind of helpful uh, conversion guide as well so a lot of cool stuff in there indeed uh, speaking of cool stuff we do have a um a question fitterfay in chat uh this would be mm -hmm. twitch chat because we do stream live on twitch fitterfay in chat has asked would it be possible to see one of the hex pages as an example um, absolutely. And they also mentioned that it might be a spoiler. So again, if you're planning on playing this and don't want to be too spoiled, just sort of unfocus your eyes if you're watching this. And if you're listening, obviously this visual representation won't do much for you. But uh, here's some of the maps. 
uh, as you can see, there's a lot of little like dots on them sort of describing and you know, I, I put it away so you can look at the screen safely. Um, so there's a lot of little dots on them. There's also like these white lines showing different regions and they're all called a different thing. So when you're using the weather subsystem and the camping subsystem, you can look at the region you're in and say, oh, well, we're in Tuskwater and this is like how challenging Tuskwater is or this is, you know, the, the kinds of uh, creatures that might show up here or what the weather might be like. So you can see some of those things. And then the dots all represent interesting things to find. And not every hex has an interesting dot. Um, many of them do, but not all of them. And it also helps you sort of figure it out, like, you know, what, what, what you're going to show up, and you know, what, what's just going to what's just going to appear before you. So it's kind of pretty cool. Yeah, those zones you're talking about are the, the things I mentioned earlier, where it's like, oh, this yeah. zone is like a level one zone, level two zone. So it, it helps kind of visualize things a lot easier. Uh, and it's there's just so much there. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine how much bigger this book would be if every single hex had like a dot in it. It's just a thing that I managed to, to do when I wrote um, the first part of Ruby Phoenix. It's like, I had a big hex. I'm going to put a dot in every single, there's one thing in every hex at least. <laughs> uh, but I can't imagine trying to come up with, oh my gosh, you'd probably have to do an extra 50% or maybe even double all the stuff that was written for this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be double. It's easily going to yeah. be double. and A valuable playground for GMs to add their own stuff. Indeed. Yeah. If you've got ideas of what might go in there, yeah, absolutely take one of those empty hexes and be like, maybe it's this here. Just fill it in. And honestly, your players are unlikely to know the difference because there is a wide variety of types of encounters in these areas. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So all I can really say is if you are wanting a lot of bang for your buck, I think <laughs> Pathfinder, Kingmaker, Adventure Path or 2E is probably going to get you the most in terms of adventure content just so mm -hmm. much here uh it's just astounding uh honestly <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um one of the things that this i was thinking about this mm -hmm. because we've got like pathfinder's gotten a couple video games now and a bunch of board games you know of, of various ilks and not just you know munchkin remakes or whatever um pathfinder adventure card game I am really excited in general about all of the different ways that the Pathfinder brand and the world of Galarian has sort of splintered off into all of these different license properties for, for back of, lack of a, a less businessy word. Um, just all this different stuff there's, that you can There's get. a lot of entry points into Pathfinder. Oh, I wow. That's what we can say. Good buzzword, entry points. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there are, there are absolutely lots of entry points and I'm really excited about it. Uh, in fact, I have, um, in our news section, we're going to talk about a new one that came up. Uh, it's just, it's just so cool. It's just such a really fun time to be a Pathfinder fan right now. There's just so many, so many cool things that you can get into. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the the reason why that 1E and 5E best year exists. It's like, oh, you've heard of it. Here's a mm. chance for you to dip your toe without having to jump into the deep end quite yet. Sure. You know, don't have to buy a whole new rule set you can just buy this adventure and still play yep. with your your existing games and, and give it a try and it's a good adventure and you get to see what the world of galarian is all about you can see mm -hmm. how you know pathfinder builds adventures and how those are put together because it's very different than how 5e puts adventure paths and adventures together so yeah, yeah it's very cool i'm glad that exists for people to check out honestly mm -hmm. uh bale tech chat says the kingmaker crpg and the adventure card game were my entry points very cool there you go all right. Um, do you want to say anything more about Kingmaker specifically before we move on to news? Um, 
Could we show off the cover? The cover's fun. Uh, it's a Wayne Reynolds piece. I know that's always what happens with a, a big hardcover release. <laughs> Wayne Reynolds does things. Yeah, it's just uh, some characters. These are all <laughs> nice people that all want to uh, yes. be friends with you and, uh, <laughs> you know, open up a soup kitchen in your kingdom. A soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> there is a wide array of different types of uh, characters on the cover um, with very different motivations and just lots of interesting people to interact with. So it's it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just, you know, I'm always excited to see another Wayne piece. They only come. Yeah. You know, three or four per year. So getting an extra one with the, the Kingmaker Adventure Path was just a, a, a fun little treat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, no, well, if we are ready, then we can move on to Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Pathfinder News. Well, we are here in the <laughs> Pathfinder News segment where we talk all things Paizo, third-party Pathfinder, everything related to Pathfinder. Yes. Uh, and we have a couple of, I think, some sizable bit of news here. Um, a couple big ones. A couple big ones. I think let's start with, let's start small and move on to the bigger things. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, not to say that they're, they're that small either. <laughs> no, no, they're two. They're actually, to me, they're both big in very different ways. So the first one was the mm -hmm. one I teased earlier. I talked about all the different... Uh, like licensed official Pathfinder stuff happening and how exciting it is to be a Pathfinder fan. And what we are getting is a new line of Pathfinder themed clothing. Uh, I know that there's going to be a dress in there. There's going to be t-shirts. There's going to be all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, it is, um, it is by a company that I am going to blank on. Uh, Savage Sparrow. Studios. Thank you. Savage Sparrow studios. My link was opening slowly. So Savage Sparrow has <laughs> done a lot of like, like, fun and cutesy stuff that is sort of like fantasy but non-specific and they are doing a whole line of stuff that is supposed to be goblin themed which is super cool um and it includes a dress and i am just <laughs> with pockets a dress with pockets i am so uh, yeah. excited about the dress yeah and uh based on what it was just a kind of a press release ish a, a little announcement on the paisa blog and says that they're yeah. looking to do a crowdfunding project here very soon autumn of 2022 is what it says mm -hmm. uh launching on kickstarter so it'll be uh exciting i'm sure that's going to include things like I, I i honestly don't know the the details on that but i assume it'll be like oh you can you know kind of half pre-order your shirt or dress or whatever you're getting from them um then uh, as part of that kickstarter and also yeah, maybe support a cool company. I, I've looked at some of their other offerings. They have a fun uh, shirt that is a mashup of Fooly Cooly and Scott Pilgrim uh, that I thought was really fun. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, on their site. So, you know, they, it's not all just fantasy stuff. It's also like, yeah, yeah. yeah this kind of general nerdiness, which is always uh, a good time, I think. Yeah, lots of nerd dumb, lots of, lots of geekery. It's, it's, it's a really cool company and I'm, I, I remember when it was announced, I was like, who? And I looked them up and I have, I have been super hype about it since then because I've seen what they can do uh, without a uh, Paizo license. And now with a Paizo license, it's going to be fantastic. And I 100% will be signing up for that dress as part of the Kickstarter. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bunch of other stuff, too. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, the uh, other big piece of news. Oh, no, I have a, an oh. interim. Oh, interim. One, one, yes, we have... Um, because the biggest piece of news, I think, we'll say yeah, 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 right yeah. after this. Um, 
there was some weird stuff that happened in the last couple of weeks in the Paizo sphere. Uh, Pathfinder fans were getting sent weird things in yes. their downloads. Getting yes. weird stuff in the mail, if you will. No Direction um, even got one. We got a weird yeah. page, I guess, yeah. from the Dark it, Archive that didn't match up with anything strange. else. Yeah, we put it on Twitter to see if people knew what it was. And wouldn't you know it, uh, Paizo has officially uh, revealed that like there was there was something going on. And they talk about it on a blog <laughs> post. Um, mostly, it, I'm not going to go into anything because this is uh, a chance for you to you know, if you haven't seen any of this, you know, there, there's there's a, a lot of involved. It's I will say that it is an ARG, um, uh, an alternate reality game, you know, kind of a puzzle hunt kind of thing. But I'll leave that to you to, to figure out what that was and mm -hmm. what that led to. But it was connected to the Dark Archive uh, and, and was just an interesting little thing. I was well aware that it was happening uh, <sighs> for many months. You know, uh, James Case, who was the design lead for that book had a lot of interesting plans for that and this was one of them so it was cool to see that out in, in the wild finally and figure out uh, or watch people figure that out and, and start putting the pieces together and ultimately solve this uh mystery that was going on and i think it was just kind of exciting to get the community together for, for a few weeks and, and get them all excited for something like this oh 100 yeah this was a really interesting puzzle and mm -hmm. i remember when i like when, when the network's was first approached uh, to talk like to, to reveal a piece. Basically they were like, here's, here's what we're doing. And, and you get one piece. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. So they gave us the piece and uh, it was so much fun to release and be like, Oh, we found this thing. And just like be part of that process because mm -hmm. it, this is a really like, it's a really fun. Um, it's a really fun way, especially with the dark archive to use a puzzle like this to get fans involved in revealing what that, you know, web supplement is going to be. And I, I just thought it was very clever. And so hats off to James for like putting this whole puzzle hunt together to to figure out what this this new piece of the Dark Archive is. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm also glad no one ever asked me like, hey, what is this thing? Because <laughs> I, I had to play coy officially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you, fan base, for just <laughs> sticking to following the, the puzzle on your own, not reaching out to anyone for hints. I'm sure some people got tapped, but not me, at least. <laughs> I did get tapped and I just I just played dumb. I was like, I don't know. It was just showed up in the no direction inbox and we thought we'd <laughs> share it. We don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I apologize to those people that I talked to. I, I lied to you. I did know what it was That's, and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. I know. I'm so untrustworthy. All right. And I think we can go into this final Pretty big piece of news. This is big. This is big. So the big piece of news is that Lisa Stevens, uh, owner of Paizo Publishing and longtime president and CEO, uh, took a step back a little while ago, but she is finally now fully retiring. She's like, I'm done. I'm going to go play with Star Wars figurines or whatever it is Lisa does in her free time. I don't know her personally, so I have no idea, but I know she likes Star Wars. Uh, but she's she's going to retire from gaming and leave the company in the hands of the leadership team. She still owns the company. So like, that's that's still a thing. But um, but yeah, she's she's letting newer blood take the wheel in terms of the leadership team and uh, continue to steer the company right and make fantastic products. So it's uh, it's it's, you know, with with all the things that she has been involved with in the uh, in the RPG community at large and in the tabletop gaming community, 
throughout her extensive career, she has touched on so many world-renowned products, like stuff that people play all over the world and definitely know. And if you are a tabletop RPG nerd and know about all the stuff, like she's touched half of it. Um, and it's just yeah. really, it's, yeah, just like a giant uh, that has touched so many things to be retiring. It's like, ooh, this is really the end of an era sort of sort of yeah. moment. Her, her blog post announcing this says uh, she's been at yeah. this for 35 years and includes, okay. you know, name drafts a couple of things like White Wolf <laughs> Magazine, Ars Magica, Vampire the Masquerade, obviously Pathfinder, Starfinder, uh, a, a little game called Magic the Gathering. What's that? Probably some indie thing. I thought it was the five magics. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a, no, a heck of a career, right? Like this is just yeah. something else. Um, so I'm sure that's a well-deserved rest at this point with all that under. Oh, sure. Belt. No, I wasn't making fun when I said go play with fun star wars stuff like like literally yeah. like after 35 years i would want to rest too i'd be like hey i did my thing i'm just gonna go enjoy so cool yeah i'm i'm curious to see if if this has any ripples or heralds any other like future changes for pathfinder and i'm gonna guess no actually mm -hmm. uh partially because she had that sort of soft step down before from from being you know a, a president and she was just decided to be ceo i think i have that right um, but she decided to step back uh, a while ago and kind of softly give the reins to the rest of the leadership team, you know, just checking in and making sure things are on the right track. And the fact that she is fully retiring now tells me that she thinks that the, the leadership team is on the right track, which gives me a lot more confidence that that we'll see some really mm -hmm. good things in, in Paizo's future. Yeah. yeah. Be exciting times ahead for Paizo. That's the big news. Yeah. I think that's all... The big news that I recall seeing the last yeah, that's few. that's all the big news we can talk about, right, Louise? Wink. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to get you to reveal something you're not supposed to. Uh, <laughs> not because I want you I to get in trouble. I, I just want more information. I can't tell you that we're making Kingmaker two, Kingmaker in space. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Kingmaker was so popular. We are. We already did that. We already made Kingmaker two, Kingmaker in space. <laughs> no, that actually. I mean, there is one of those, right? That's uh, what's that Starfinder AP? Can't remember. The one that uh, everyone calls Kingmaker in King Space. Maker, King Maker space. <laughs> you know, I had the name until we started calling it that, and I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe Chad will help us out. Yeah, or, or you know, go ask on Beyond, and they'll be able to tell you what it is. Oh, that's, that's not my job here on on No Direction Prime. I don't need to keep track of what's happening in Starfinder. Land. <laughs> that's in the future. Right. In yeah. Future problems. An unknown amount of time in the future after they've lost an entire planet. Yep. Mm -hmm. Horizons of the vast. Project yes, Jayco, thank you so much. That is what it's thank called. You. All right, cool. <laughs> <sighs> Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, I think it's time um, for one more piece of news, which mm -hmm. is actually not Paizo or Pathfinder news directly. It is No Direction Network news. Yeah. This is your news. This is my news. Well, I think ugh, this is hard to do. Uh, I know. It's so much easier to just so I'm making point, you do at it. A, point at a blog post and be like, yeah, just read that. Um, so I love working here on the No Direction Network. I say working, it's it's very much just like a fun thing I get to do. It's not even work. Playing with your time. friends. <laughs> playing with my friends, playing Star Wars and Pathfinder with people I know. Um, but I've reached a point in my life and my career where I think I unfortunately can't stay as committed to the No Direction Network as I have in the past years, past six years now. 
mean, if you have been here that entire time, you will have noticed there hasn't been a monstrous physique in a while. Mm-hmm. And part of that is I thought that ending with the Costello bot 4000 was kind of a nice capstone on that. Um, but also just uh, work and life and stuff has been such that I can't remain committed in the same way. I haven't been putting out Valiant for a little bit. Uh, that there will be news to come on that. But I mean, the ultimate news is Valiant will be coming to an end. Uh, in in the coming months, um, we recorded our, our final gathering uh, this last weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. And Legend Lore is on hiatus for the moment. I don't foresee Lauren just like sitting there idly and being like, no, I'm not going to just <laughs> let this thing die. She loves uh, Pathfinder uh, and loves talking about it and loves talking about Vikings. But I, I am stepping... I am in the process of stepping away from from yep. the network at the moment. I, I I don't think I'm leaving No Direction Prime quite yet. I think we don't have okay. <laughs> I, I, I we, we do you don't have a, a someone else to to fill in the slot quite That's yet. That's right. So we're, I don't have any other new hosts to announce right now. Yeah, um, we don't have anything like that. So I'm going to stick around are, until yeah. we get that sorted out. But what we're going to do too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So No Direction, unless any big news drops that we need to talk about, No Direction is going to take about a one-month hiatus uh, where we do some internal house cleaning. Um, We're going to take the time to make sure that we're picking, like, a good host because even though no one can replace you, Luis, um, we've been... But I need to be replaced. (laughs) Well, we've had, like, a a rough nine months here on No Direction. Um, uh, Losing hosts for for a variety of reasons, and Mm -hmm. the timing just happened to be that it's all within nine months. So... Um, it's not a failing, I don't believe on, on no direction. It's just everyone, uh, every individual, uh, Ryan, Param and yourself all have their own individual reasons for, for, uh, seeking other, other things. And I'm sure, you know, what you've got coming up next is going to be big and we're all going to be very excited for you. So I think it's not, it's not it that. Too. That's what I'm doing. But because like myself and the other folks at the no direction network are huge, huge, fans of Pathfinder, of Paizo, and we want to see the show keep going. We want to continue to be your premier news network. Uh, we're going to take our time to just make sure that we're uh, that we're stepping in the right direction. Uh, if you want to consider it like an under-renovation time, right? So we're, we're going to put some big uh, curtains up in the windows, do some internal renovation, and then uh, launch anew in about a month. Uh, now, during that been- time... Go There's ahead. been enough shakeups at No yeah. Direction that there needs to be some time to get our feet under our exactly or get yes. the yeah get our feet yeah, on the ground, the ground under our feet yeah ground under our feet like I can't even do the analogy the, the idiom it's right fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> um so yeah so we're just trying to make sure that like mm-hmm. yeah that, that we have a strong direction at No Direction uh and and know what we're gonna be doing six nine months two years from now and yeah, have a good we plan need to do our preparation so we can cast That's No right. Direction again. That's right. So I can cast into we need we need a long rest for a moment. Um, so when no. we can find we need to find the path again ourselves. Oh, find it. That's right. New direction. Uh, one direction. Wait, that's a band. Um, um, so yeah. So that's what's going to happen. Um, what you're going to expect is that while we're on hiatus, uh, essentially network content is optional based on the programs that there are. So for example, you are likely to see intrepid heroes and other things like that, um, depending, but you're not like Louise said, you're going to see the end of Valiant. 
Um, you're, you might see some bloggers take some time off as well. So um, just you know, expect a little bit of a slowdown over the next month or so. And then uh, we'll come back with gusto, I'm sure. Yeah. And it might be me coming back with, within that month. Uh, yeah. Yeah, while we're still sorting things out, or it might yeah. be someone else, but yeah, Luis doesn't I'll have an exit be, date. <laughs> I'll still be here. I'll still like you can still ping me on the Discord and everything. I'll still be around and you know, yelling at Ryan as I do sometimes, but yeah. it may just not be on this screen in the same capacity as time goes on, and eventually it won't be for sure. Uh, well, we'll but... definitely still have you back as a guest. Oh, yeah, so. oh, yeah, I'm I'm happy <laughs> to come back and talk up every Lost Omens. Uh, right. book from here on until they tell me to stop <laughs> we will not uh, do that <laughs> yeah. um so though i do think you should bring on eleanor for lost omens impossible lands because she was spearheading that she was okay. uh here's a here's some secret pathfinder oh, paizo oh, insider knowledge stop. Me the secret stop. there's going to be a new credit in the the book in the lost omens book it's not going to be every lost omens book but impossible lands definitely earned it Eleanor and I are listed as lead developers or development mm -hmm. leads or whatever it is. Sure. And that's still going to remain the same. We're both still working on that. But because Eleanor was spearheading things and was very much in charge of a lot of the decisions, she's also going to be listed as a narrative lead for Impossible Lands. And I like having, narrative lead. That's cool. Having the narrative lead of Impossible Lands is probably a good get if you can manage that. That sounds really cool. I like that title too. That makes sense. Lead mm -hmm. of a narrative lead. Like, yeah. you know, we, so, we both read through everything and developed everything. But when it came time to question things, I, I asked Eleanor, what do we want to do with this? And she was the one making the final calls. Very cool. That, yeah, we'll definitely have her on. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, if you are like invested as, in the network as we are and you have specific things that you want to see from the mm -hmm. network, like more of this type of content, more of that type of content. Um, I would absolutely invite you to join the conversation on our Discord server. Uh, it is one of the chillest places to hang out and talk about Pathfinder on the internet. And so if you want to get there, uh, you can go to nodirectionpodcast.com and click on the big old Discord link, and that'll take you right there. And just, as I said, join the conversation. Say, hey, I like these parts of the shows, and I'd like to see more of this sort of stuff. And help us sort of get that ground back under our feet, like Louise was saying, yeah. um, to make sure that when you know, we do this like big new revamp we're doing, we come out on the other side, uh, giving you the stuff that you want. So definitely let us know what that is. Um, and if you are a huge fan of the show and you're like, but I love no direction, uh, you could also become a Patreon, uh, patrons who join Patreon and help us help us do things like keep our equipment up to date so that we keep sounding good and can, uh, deliver fantastic shows to you in real time. Uh, you can do that on patreon.com, search for No Direction. There's also a link on the website. And as an extra special bonus, if you link your Patreon to your Discord account and join our Discord server, you have access to the Patrons Private Sanctuary, a special show just for patrons right after our live No Direction show in just a few minutes as we finish up here. Yes, yes, for so sure. You should do that. <laughs> All right. I think it's time for the very last segment of the show, wrap-ups and shout-outs. Will you do me the favor, the honor of doing the goblin voice? I bet you could. <sighs> I'm putting him yeah, on the spot. I've, I've been afraid of this this <laughs> whole time. It's like, I I know that sometime you were going to just ask me to do the wrap-ups and shout-outs. Wrap-ups and shout-outs. Wrap-ups. Wrap-ups and shout-outs. Oh my gosh. 
your microphone freaked out so badly. I think that was the automaton, like the automation doing wrap ups in chat. It couldn't handle it. I'm so sorry. It just sounded so funky, but that's fine. All right, cool. So um, wrap ups and shout outs. Ah, jeez. I mostly well, just hold wanna... on. Firstly, say hey, oh. thanks for listening to No Direction episode 284, our Kingmaker breakdown. Uh, before we go, we want to you know shout out to all the different things that we're enjoying in life, not just Pathfinder stuff, but anything that we're interested in. Uh, and uh, Vanessa sounded like you were going to have something and had it prepared because I sure do as well. But you can go first. No, I've got like random stuff. So, sure. um, so first, I'm gonna like tip my own hat. Uh, Vellum and Lace mm -hmm. is is going full charge. We're starting on our second meta arc. We finished our first one, and we're going full speed on the second one. And we're gonna try and have an episode out this month. Maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> it depends on what my schedule turns into. Um, but we're gonna try and do that. And if you are paying attention to the first one, uh, there is revenge to be had. <laughs> there mm. is someone who has a comeuppance, and and we're gonna see them get their comeuppance. So that will be uh, that will be very exciting. So definitely check out Vellum and Lace on Pathfinder Infinite, an episodic series of fiction uh, taking place in Absalom. So that is cool. Uh, I have other stuff too. Oh, should I just keep on going? I'll just keep on going. Keep going, yeah. All right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about that's really cool. Um, so a, oh, let me, oh, geez, is it even up yet? I think I just got a thing that it might be up. Hold on. Ooh, it's an exclusive breaking it's, news. It's great. Well, it's, it's not Pathfinder news, but it's tabletop RPG news. So a yeah, good that's... friend of mine, here it is. Yes. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine is, uh, is launching a Kickstarter for a, a reprint, a second printing of their game called Valor. So if you like tabletop RPGs and you are like, yes, and Pathfinder is my favorite, obviously, but sometimes you might want to play in like a very anime-ish system, right? You want to just be like literally shouting the names of your abilities before you use them and just kind of doing off the wall anime stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. She has a system called Valor that is amazing. Uh, and it's got this reprint coming up. I'm going to link to their Kickstarter. Uh, it should be launching soon. Uh, they accidentally launched the other day and then had to take it down and then like put the a new one saying it was coming soon because oops hit the wrong button um but it is a very cool system it uses d10s almost exclusively uh and it's i don't know how to explain it. like it uses like a stamina system so moves make you tired and all sorts of cool stuff it's it's just it's bonkers like the system doesn't even have a basic i just attack you basic attack like you have to make it all up yourself so your basic attack is different than my <laughs> basic attack which is different than someone else's basic attack very cool. Uh, so check that out. It's called Valor, and I love it. And I play in one of their actual plays called uh, Weave and... I'm, I am blanking. I'm doing a bad job at this. I had a document open with this, and I closed it, and I said, don't save it, and now I don't have it anymore. <sighs> That's what happens when you get old and tired. Um, That's why we're taking a break. Get, it's, get things lined up again. That's right. It's called The Woven is the one I do, um, and it's mm -hmm. on their Twitch channel, which I will also link in chat. That's it. Those are my two big ones. Okay. I too have a self plug uh, to give here. Um, tomorrow, as of right now, tomorrow, or if you're listening to this recording, it's already out, but I'm uh -oh. releasing a, a new third party Pathfinder product and it's again not going, it's not going on infinite. Um, it's going, it's just going straight to drive through because of reasons. Um, <laughs> okay. But, 
I mean, ultimately, the reason is because then it's not locked into the Pathfinder Infinite environment. If I wanted to expand on it later in, like, sure. let's say, a Kickstarter or something, I could do oh, yeah. that. Um, That's true. So, um, and this is not the first time I've released third party product in that way. I had my Rabbit Folk Ancestry uh, that came out just third party, not infinite because that wasn't even a thing. But hey, speaking of Rabbit Folk, this is more ancestry related stuff. I have uh, a book book product coming out called Ancestries Unleashed core ancestry options which is giving you like six or seven new heritages for each of the core ancestries and a bunch of new ancestry feats uh and a bunch of extra little things here and there that's coming out on drive through tomorrow and i'm going to be announcing that stuff once it goes live awesome uh, it would have gone out uh over the weekend but since it's my first non-infinite product they had to go through the whole approval process of like oh yes here's your company and we approve your first product and stuff and that it's like okay i didn't know awesome. that was a thing i thought i could just publish it right away uh so nope. yeah it's coming out it's ready to go i've just got to hit the go button for tomorrow so look out for that i'm going to share links all over and of course i'm going to throw a link into the kd discord yes and probably every other discord if if you're a big pathfinder fan I'm probably in every other Discord that you're in as well, and you'll see my links in there. Uh, so that's coming out. Uh, if you're interested in that, check it out. Um, but the 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 non-self-plug uh, that I had is for Sword Timber. Do you know about Sword, Sword Timber? I don't. What is Sword Timber? Um, so Sword Timber is a thing that a lot of artists uh, participate in every September, which is kind of, I think Droptober is the other one that I can think of, where okay. like you just spend a month like every day doing some kind of illustration some kind of drawing whatever your medium is uh and drawtober i think is just do something every day so you you know get some practice in and sure okay stuff like that but sword timber specifically is draw a new type of sword every day and if you go look up sword timber on twitter and stuff so you're cool. just gonna see lots of amazing cool weapons i'm looking one at one now that is just like a candlestick <laughs> as a sword um, and lots of just interesting stuff, great artists that you can check out. It's just really interesting to see uh, a lot of fun inspiration for new weapons for your RPGs if you really want. You know, you can use these as a, a starting point for a new magic sword or something. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of uh, a, a chance for a lot of artists to showcase their work. And, you know, okay. you might find someone that has something really cool and might inspire you for your games or might even inspire you to, to uh, you know, pay for a commission from some of these artists if, if you if you really wanted to if that's something that was uh, available so yeah, yeah i'm looking I'm at it now and there's some very cool, cool stuff art. here yeah and you know we're only not even halfway through the month so there's still going to be so many more swords to come go just see a lot of fun stuff okay but like okay so i don't usually draw other than like maps should i try and do sword timber Good. Or if you know, if you wanted to, you can maybe nag, nab, nab. Excuse me, not nag. Nab a couple of these swords and maybe set them up in in Pathfinder or something as like a well, it, with permission you do from the, the uh, well, you, you you jump into the reply and it's like, oh, I started oh, this up, and you know, you you wouldn't obviously like take their art and be like, look at this new sword I made. But you, oh, you I see. Like, like I could quote tweet it on yeah, Twitter yeah. and be like, mm -hmm. here are the stats for this sword. Yeah, here's some stats if you wanted to Very play cool. with it or something if, for what? any swords that you really like. And some people actually are providing stats or details on them. Uh, I, I'm sure there's so many artists that play RPGs that you know have thought about these. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, just a fun thing. It's a great exercise, I think, for, for new weapons. They're not all swords, so you can find 
lots of interesting stuff and just people get really creative with it. I think it's always a fun time. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, darn, I'm going to have to start looking at Sword Timber. That's Mm -hmm. very cool. All right. Well, I think this brings us to the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining us for No Direction episode. Was it 284? 284. Jeez, we're getting up there. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us for episode 284. Please join our Discord and please hang out with us there because we are lonely people who are in need of comfort and chatting. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We're we're very approachable and it's a lot of fun there. Thank you very much. And if you need to find the path, you need no direction.